You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th. And it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose. And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14th. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Come on, come on, go, go. Hey everyone, I'm Sam. I am Alana. And welcome to the How to Be More Chill podcast. We are now on what Alana and I are calling version 2.0 of the How to Be More Chill podcast because our first five episodes, which you should go back and listen to if you haven't yet, sort of tell the story of how Be More Chill got to Broadway. And now... Well, now they are well into the Broadway run. And as we start 2.0, we're really getting a sense of what the world is to do the show eight times a week uh, from the performers, creatives, behind the scenes, everyone involved because it really is one thing to like dream about going to Broadway and now they are on Broadway. Or the 2.0 version is the here and now yeah. of what's happening in the world of Be More Chill versus the you know story of how it, it how got it to came Broadway. Here. So for episode eight, Alana and I just spent some time interviewing Stephanie Hsu, and I thought I could not possibly fall more in love with her, and it happened. Wait until you hear the part about the woodworking. (laughs) She's just a dream angel. I think hashtag woodworking is definitely going to be the takeaway from today, and this will all make more sense to you guys after you listen to it. But I think also the greatest takeaway is if you were to look up the word artist in the dictionary, it would say Stephanie Shu. Her integrity and the way in which she approaches not just Be More Chill, but all of her work as a performer is really inspirational, and I think you are going to fall even more deeply in love like Sam has with the artist and actress and human that is Stephanie Shu. Stephanie Shu, let's do that. Welcome to Super Quantum Unit Intel Processor. You square. We are here with a glorious special guest today. None other than Miss Stephanie Shu. Christine Canigula herself is, is in the house. Hello, hello. We wanted this interview to happen so long ago. We're so <laughs> excited to finally have you in the room. We want your Be More Chill story. Yes. Um, so talk to us about 
the life before Be More Chill, leading up to it? Had you heard of it? Had you heard of Iconis's uh, music before? Were you a fan of his? Like, did you know anything, or was it just you got called in for the audition? Okay, so in 2015, which was the Two River production, um, when I when I was in college, I studied experimental theater and straight acting, and I worked with this woman, Liz Suedos, a lot. And I love I, Liz Suedos. Yeah, she was a huge mentor of mine throughout pretty much my entire time in New York until she passed. And um, for those of you who don't know, Liz Suedos wrote the show Runaways. Um, do your research. Um, and uh, I was really invested in doing experimental theater. Like I, I that was my trajectory. I was going to be devising work and doing TV and film. And so traditional musical theater was not really on my radar or really my objective. And so I got this audition for uh, Be More Chill at Two River. I went in and I didn't really think much of it. And I I received a call back that I actually almost missed because I was in LA for my first ever screen test, my first ever network screen test, which is um, basically when you, um, when there's like a new TV show and they want you to be on the TV show, maybe. <laughs> um, and so I was in LA and I got this call that was like, you know, they, the creatives of Be More Chill really want you to come in for this callback. Um, can you fly back in that morning? And I remember talking to my agents being like you know I don't know that I'm really trying to do musical theater they're like they really want to meet you so I flew in that morning from LA for a callback with the creatives of Be More Chill and I remember meeting Stephen Brackett specifically and he looked at my resume and I had just done a show at Dixon Place which is this experimental downtown theater in the Lower East Side I'd done the show called War Lesbian and Brackett, who uh, he really is cut from the same cloth as me. He looked at my resume and he was like, oh, my gosh, you were in War Lesbian. I heard that show was amazing. I know all those people. And in that moment, I felt at home. I was like, oh, this is going if I book this job, it will be a safe space for me to be a collaborator. And uh, yeah, lo and behold, here we are. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I feel like now that you tell that story, I feel like the way the universe and the stars align sometimes because Christine's whole trajector trajectory in this play is is her love of experimental theater and performance art and the idea that that was your background. Yeah. And that existed in the script before you auditioned. Yeah is insane. It's pretty crazy. I do believe in the universe and alignment in that way. And definitely over the years, I think Christine has sort of, you know, blended, like I, of course, have brought me to her and she has taught me so much. Um, but yeah, so Be More Chill at Two River was my first ever equity contracted musical. Um, and at that time, I had already been working on SpongeBob. I had been with development with that from the beginning. Um, but it's just so crazy. It's just so wild, you know. So you had workshop SpongeBob, yeah. done readings, mm -hmm. then this happens, and then the timing worked out that you could do Be More Chill and do SpongeBob and then do Be More Chill again. again. So the way that it 
kind of happened was that I got involved with Spongebob in 2012. That was also a very accidental thing. You know, I knew about Tina Landau because I knew about the viewpoints, which is a methodology of creating theater and developing theater. And um, Did you go to NYU? I did go to NYU. And you did the experimental theater yeah. program. Okay. Yeah. And so I trained also with this woman, Mary Overly, who is the original creator of the viewpoints. And then Tina Landau... Um, along with Anne Bogart, wrote the book about viewpoints. And so in 2012, I went to Williamstown, and which is a theater festival. And through that, I met my agents and was tossed into a reading of the first ever read-through of the SpongeBob script in the Viacom building. It wasn't even like a legitimate workshop contract. It was just like, we're going to read these words for two days and see if we, if Nickelodeon even wants to continue to develop this as a musical. So they just needed extra voices. And I was just literally tossed into that reading. And, and the first reading was you as Karen, the computer wife? Oh, I I was reading for everything. I was reading for Karen and Pearl. And there was no music yet at that point. No artists were attached. Literally reading words. Literally loud, reading jumping words. Jumping in wherever they needed you. Funny voices. Right. And it was so simpatico that I just ended up staying with it for the whole time. For years and years. For years and years. And so I was going to move to L.A. And then I found out that SpongeBob was going to Broadway. And so I knew I was going to stay there for six months. And so I thought, okay, SpongeBob is going to go to Broadway. And then after six months, I'm going to drive across the country and go to L.A. And um, during the winter, I ran away for a day to Miami because all the crew guys were like, just, you know, I have winter is very hard for me. I'm from California originally. <laughs> and all the crew guys were like, just go to Miami. That's that's what people do on Broadway. They just go to Miami for a day. And <laughs> like, so okay. I was like, OK, I guess I will. I was in Miami on the beach when I got an email from Joe Iconis that and the moment I received an email from Joe Iconis, I was like, oh my gosh, it's coming back. Right. And that is how I found out that Off-Broadway was happening. So I was like, guess I'm not going to L.A. On the beach in Miami. On the beach in Miami. Oh, you mean like literally on your day off, like from Sunday after a matinee until like Tuesday you went to Miami yeah. during the SpongeBob run? Yeah. That there was, was so daring because one missed flight, one delay, like... I'm really impressed that you did that. Oh, totally. And I was actually supposed to stay longer, but there was a thunderstorm or something, and so I had nope. to hop on an you earlier went for flight. A day. I literally went for a day, which was, you know, thank goodness for miles, but it was very worth it. Yes. I needed it. And you got it. the email there. Yeah. What, do you remember what the email said? It was like, hey, friends, <laughs> which is how Joe starts every email. Like, hey, friends, so this is crazy, but Be More Chill is coming back off broad for an, a limited off-Broadway run uh, next sum this summer. Are you guys available? Um, and I knew I had to do it. So, you know, and it was very clear then, you know, when I was doing this at Two River, I had no concept of, of what a out-of-town tryout even was. Hmm. Um, I just didn't understand that as a concept. And so it was very clear this time for Off-Broadway. It was like, clearly, they are going to see if we can do a Broadway run. Um, yeah. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. 
We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And when you say that, like, are you, because of the ways in which the show keeps changing and getting worked on out of town, or just that an out-of-town or regional theater production is looked at as a stepping stone to the next step for the show. Yeah, I just didn't understand that a lot of shows go out of town Mm -hmm. as a stepping stone to hopefully bring it back. Right. Um, I just didn't understand that as a concept. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Now I do. (laughs) So when you said that, like, the ways in which Christine and you have sort of intertwined along the way are there I mean whoever has had the privilege of seeing you live in the show or seeing YouTube clips of you in the show get to see the ways in which not only do you sing and dance and act magnificently but there's a kind of creativity with this character and and an originality and a singular vision and there is sort of performance art and a freedom in your performance Is that something that grew and grew as you got to know the director and the players? Or did you bring that to like the first audition of this piece? I definitely think that's something that developed over the years. But I think the, you know, in talking about the universe and timing and all that, I think one of the biggest blessings that this show had was the time in between Two River and Off-Broadway and Broadway. I mean... I think the world has changed, our country has changed so much, and the way that we view and listen to young people has shifted so much. And for me particularly, and for Christine, you know, when we first did this at Two River, I always thought the show was very funny and that Christine was very fun, but I didn't understand her immense power and I didn't understand how deeply young people needed her to be as strong as she now is and over the years having you know this unconventional trajectory of having all these fans flock to this character I really learned that young people need to know how capable they are of change. And so that is something that was very deep in conversation um, for the off-Broadway production and then the Broadway production. It was very important to me, and I'm so grateful for all the creatives and really specifically Bracket for giving me space to constantly being like, this line feels a little problematic. Like, how can we make her the strong feminist? You know, because... All these young women specifically were just seeing Christine's freak flag fly. And, you know, when you're an adult, you get a little bit more embodied into that. And you can forget when you're younger how that feels not possible. And so it just became very important to me that, you know, this show we've got we've been so lucky that we 
got to bring it all the way to Broadway. And now after we close, it's going to live on in the world. And I wanted to make sure that we created shoes that other young women could fill um, that would help them be as strong as they actually are. Right. So the final, the, the new printed version of this play musical yeah. that will go out in the world has the dialogue now of this really like empowering totally. character. Because I think it's interesting, you know, theater theater is interesting in the way that certain roles that you play can either really uplift you and empower you or they can keep you in a similar like trap and I feel like you know Christine has that line of like I feel like there aren't strong roles for women in the theater these days particularly high school theater and it's true that there's a lot of high school theater that they do a lot of um, traditional takes on older texts that are really um not the most progressive for women. So if we can create more roles that other people can fill, then those words that they say, I do believe have like a trickle effect of how they can give themselves permission to carry themselves in the actual world, you know? For some reason, I can't stop thinking about how after everything you just said, that like Christine is probably so cool in college. Oh, she, yeah, yeah. She's definitely very cool in like college. Like the boys say that line, so you think about them in college sometimes. So like I've never really thought about Christine post high school, and she probably is the coolest oh, yeah. chick yeah. in that entire university. Yeah, totally. Definitely by like junior year of college, she's doing some crazy things and living in Berlin for a year. You oh, know? my God. I love that. <laughs> Is Christine friends with the other girls in the world of Be More Chill? I think that she really keeps to herself, especially with those uh, young women. The ones we see. The ones that we see. I think that she... I've always interpreted Christine as someone who does know that she will be cool in college and that she allows herself to just stick to her own lane. And I think that's what's so rattling about the Jakey D influence is suddenly you see that her world, you know, theater is such a safe space for her and that suddenly the world starts expanding and you know, the cool guy likes her and she's like, oh, maybe I could try this on for size. And, you know, watching her spread her wings also and navigating that. Um, yeah, I think that that's what's also so scary about uh, uh, Chloe is that suddenly this girl who never talks to her is she is now on her radar. Right. You know? It's very interesting hearing this side of you and your method and Christine. And so knowing all this new information that I now know, can you talk to us a little bit about some rituals that you may have or getting into character and like what it what it's like uh, getting up there and doing Christine eight times a week? Performing yeah. the role of Christine. So actually, can I read something to you? Sure. This is my favorite thing. Well, so first I'll talk about how um, something that I was introduced to a few years ago that was really has been really helpful is this Israeli dance movement called Gaga. And it's a form of experimental dance, improvisatorial dance. And uh, my favorite thing about it is that it's all about following pleasure. And so doing eight shows a week, you know, it is really hard. Um, Broadway is definitely an, a very athletic feat. And with Christine, my hope for her, I'm so, I feel so lucky that this role has come into my life and that there is such a direct um, impact 
for this character to its audience. Um, and so for me, it's a very important um, spiritual offering. Like I don't always feel happy and joyful or like I have that much energy, but I know that the transference of energy in theater is very real and an offering. And so for me, the mo- so Gaga helps me you know, in the shell of Christine, always to follow pleasure eight times a week. And that might look different every night, but if I can find it in like a nook and cranny of my body, then that is a, that is like a direct send off, you know, and anytime, like for me, some people are really good at, they they can like go to their dressing room and then just go right on stage. And I have to just stay in it because Otherwise, I'm, I think I'm just too sensitive and it like dissipates my energy a little. But anyway, okay, so this, this quote is something I think about all the time. Um, it's from this book called Women Who Run With the Wolves. Um, okay. And is this something that you read to yourself every night or is this just an inspirational thing overall? This is something that I, uh, there are fragments of the quote that I think about during the um, opening number when I'm facing upstage. Okay. An abbreviated version, but I'll read the whole paragraph. Okay. The trance teller calls on El Duende, the wind that blows soul into the faces of listeners. A trance teller learns to be psychically double-jointed through the meditative practice of story, that is, training oneself to undo certain psychic gates and ego apertures in order to let the voice speak, the voice that is older than the stones. When this is done, the story may take any trail, be turned upside down, be filled with porridge and dumped out for a poor person's feast, be filled with gold for the taking, or chase the listener into the next world. The teller never knows how it will all come out, and that is at least half of the moist magic of story. So the thing that I think about when I am facing upstage in the classroom portion of uh, More Than Survive is I think um, the voice that is older than the stones and dumped out for a poor person's feast. And that is like whenever I'm feeling like I don't have it in me, I just click back into this very ancestral act of storytelling and plug into its like feast offering. That is mind-blowingly cool. That, that book is really good, y'all. That is the kind of stuff that I love the podcast <laughs> for to hear this because, you know, we're all watching Christine have, you know, the time of her life and be silly with the audition sign coming down. Right, right, yeah. right, right. And, you know, I get a little bit more insight just because I, I often see you, you know, after fight call. And, and I will say that, like, you, you have a very different, you know, aura going on the other cast members pre-show because she's very focused and you're filling up your water bottle Um, and so it's I have a little more insight but even with that extra insight that just blew my mind that that is all happening during that opening number and now we're close enough to the end that I can tell some of my secrets and it doesn't feel like it you know punctures it in any way right or like the talisman won't work yeah yeah yeah. are there things in your dressing room that also help connect you do you have photographs or fan art or or other offerings that you have on your table? Yeah, I definitely have some letters from friends that are helpful, some quotes that Britton Smith has told me before. Um, He told me off-Broadway, the people are hungry, feed them, because I 
felt so shy the first time I got entrance applause. It was like the first show uh, off Broadway at the Signature. And I was like, these people don't even know who I am. How could they possibly know what I'm about to do? Like, what if I'm not even worthy or good? And Britton sat me down and he was like, Stephanie, you don't understand. They have been loving you for all this time. They have been awaiting to witness you on stage. The people are hungry. Feed them. Um, so Britton spent this a a prophet. He's my bestie. He him is. And just... Auntie T, on Tiffany. <laughs> um, and you didn't know him before the show, or you did? He and I met actually doing a show at the public. It was a short run. It was um, a show that we did with Sandra O. Oh, actually, it was a dr- dramatic play. Um, so we didn't get to be as silly with one another, but our love affair has definitely blossomed full throttle um, in this in this go around isn't that wild like, yeah because now you know when I get to see the show again to understand that these friendships and these relationships don't just live in the context of this play and oh this yeah show, but like in this whole other backstage life yeah um, and to know where the connections are that everyone in your cast I know is really supportive of totally. each other but to find soulmates oh yeah um, is just an extraordinary thing yeah. to have yeah so I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I think that's really interesting, sort of, you know, I've talked to George, I've talked to other cast members about, because this album, the cast recording, was out for so long uh, in between New Jersey, Two River, and Signature, there were so many audience members with an expectation of the show sounding exactly like what was in their head. Right. And right. there's a vocal pressure as a performer, knowing that everyone's coming in with a preconceived idea of what you sounded like the day you were in the studio. Right, right, right. Um, and the pressure of that. And I'm just curious, A, what was your offstage life like knowing that you had to vocally deliver something when you said an athletic feat? I think that's really true. Yeah. I had a dream where I was like an equity officer, like I was... <laughs> elected to like an official you know acting union position and I was like we can only do five performances if we want to definitely make sure we're giving everyone full throttle like everything we can give because it's almost impossible to do it eight shows a week but we do yeah and you do but I'm curious if your offstage life had to be altered significantly to deliver what the audience expects vocally and emotionally. Yeah. I mean, I will say that in terms of, you know, what the audience expects, I usually have a pretty healthy relationship with releasing that. 
I know that live performance is completely different mm-hmm. than a recorded uh, listening experience. So the beautiful, magical thing about live theater is that it's new every night. And different. And different. Um, but I will say, like, you know, I learned so much. I'm so grateful that Be More Chill was not my first ever Broadway experience. Um I learned so many lessons from SpongeBob that really prepared me for the Be More Chill Broadway experience um, in terms of care, in terms of what I need. But the the honest truth is that I haven't had much of a life over the last run. I mean, as Sam said, like I'm very different than Christine. I mean, in some ways I'm as crazy and goofy as Christine, but in a Broadway run, I just know myself well enough to know that I have to be very careful with the energy that I give and I am someone with like if we are at a party and we're like sitting in a corner we are going to heart to heart so hard and I'm going to give you all of me but I cannot give all of me all the time and so a lot of you know this run for Be More Chill I really for the first half especially before the Tonys like I was not I was not seeing friends, really, like very few friends I would see. Um, I just couldn't talk at loud places, you know, and was doing so much press and da-da-da-da-da that I I didn't have a lot in my tank. And because Christine is so special, I wanted to make sure that I always had enough for her, you know. And that is a sacrifice. And not every role is like that. But right. this role is... Demanded such, it. Demanded it. And it's hard to do her if you're not a full tank. You know, um, there was one show where I was feeling really sick and I was like really trying to push through. And I did. And I was like, that felt bad. Like I felt like I was just trying to get it done as opposed to be a whole reservoir and I was like that's that's a lie and yeah so so it's hard um I'm definitely you know summer is very helpful I feel like just by the nature of the sun I have a lot more in me right but it's a lot it's you know and I just have to you know what people don't always know too is that on Broadway there's so much life backstage there's so many different personalities and You just have to, like, be mindful of what you save for yourself also. Right. Mm -hmm. And take care of yourself. Yeah. I think a lot of people just have a hard time wrapping their head around the brutality of that schedule. Like, even for me, kind of doing it for the first time, and and I sit backstage and do nothing for two and a half hours, basically. And you're exhausted. And, like, (laughs) I've had to make major life adjustments to adapt to this schedule of even just having to be at the theater for three hours or four hours every night um, to where it's, like, exactly what you said, like, saving myself during the day um, and, like, being okay with that and thinking, like, you know, I should work during the day, but no, like, tonight... When I get there, I kind of want to be there and be in it. Is um, I'm sorry, no, I didn't mean to interrupt. Is are there ways in which um, I'm just curious? You as a teenager, because you're a couple of minutes out of teendom, um, not much, but a minute, some, um, some minutes, maybe not minutes, <laughs> one thirty-two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you talk about the ways in which you you were or are like Christine or not like Christine in your own high school experience? Yeah, I think I. I think maybe I was a little bit less of a 
Christina, I think, keeps to herself a little more than I did. I was a little bit more of a social butterfly, but I think I was always appreciated for my weirdness. Like I was class clown in high school and made a bunch of videos for like school news and things like that. Um, And I think something I've been thinking about a lot, too, is that I definitely had my fair share of uncertainty and teenage ennui when I was in high school and not knowing exactly where my superpowers lie. Um, And that's why I and I didn't have a Christine Canigula to look at, you know, and also, yeah, elephant in the room being like a young Asian girl and sort of starting theater and being like never imagining myself to be able to be like the leading lady like I just immediately assumed that I would be like the best friend or like the comedic bit you know um I I want I just I want all young people to know that their value is so immense um and that is something I did not know when I was younger and felt like I I was so trapped because I knew that I was capable of so much more, but no one around me was giving me the space to fill that. Right. And I think that's like across the board as a as a society that the way in which we whatever the education system, blah, 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 whatever politics you believe in is that people want to make you feel smaller than you are and actually we are as individuals and certainly as a community so capable of change um did you have role models when you were growing up or like what were the posters on your wall in your childhood room i mean i really yeah to be honest i really had like lucy Liu and sandra oh and those were my two people that i I think I just secretly or maybe not even actually kind of secretly. I was just like, okay, those are the two people. If they can do it, then I can do it. They gave you, they empowered you. Yeah, for sure. So how do you even wrap your brain around the fact that that's you now? Like, like now your picture, there's Lucy Liu and Sandra Oh and Stephanie Shu. Like you're that poster. Yeah. I think that I will process this all maybe after August 11th. (laughs) It makes me, right. It makes me pretty emotional to think about it, Um, you know, because these young people and the beautiful thing is that it's not even just young people of color, but it's also young white girls. And like, that's awesome to feel that we're in a place in our society that we're all learning from one another is so special. And, um, you know. I go through my day and I'm like a human being and I have my own like questions about what I want to be doing in the world and to know that young people are so deeply invested in me feels like wild bonkers and also a really beautiful responsibility Um, and I don't take that very lightly and yeah I mean I think I'm in this moment as an artist that I I feel that I always dreamed of. I I was always really ashamed to be an actor. And I think a lot of it was because it felt like I wasn't interested in fame. I wasn't interested in like being like on all the billboards. I wanted to and still want to make change and be an agent for change. And I feel that now I'm in this place where I can really do that. And that feels very exciting and very humbling to know that the arts and my role in the arts have a direct possible impact in the world, you know. 
I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, I, w- I have some questions about the your, your experimental background. Yeah. Because... For anyone who doesn't know, SpongeBob the Musical on Broadway was almost textbook definition of experimental theater, which people have such a hard time wrapping their head around because it's this Nickelodeon show and this like pop thing that's very much in the pop culture zeitgeist, and it was a big, bright, happy musical, so someone who doesn't necessarily know experimental theater might not have even really realized that seeing this bright, happy, wonderful, lovely show, but it very much was. Um, And Stephen Brackett in Be More Chill, which isn't necessarily an experimental piece of musical theater, but gave you this permission to to experiment and, yeah. and bring that side of it to it. So my question is knowing that your your two the shows that you've been on on Broadway have either been experimental theater or really allowed for you to bring that to it. Is there a world in which we, we can keep you in the regular musical theater world or are you really having a, heart, the, a heartache that you want to get back into experimental theater? Well, I think that that is just the can of worms that I bring to any project that I work on. There are some few, there are a few projects down in the turnpike that I am in the works of developing with other collaborators that I know that we'll have a future and hopefully on Broadway. But I think, you know, like, that's the thing about me is that I'm just not thirsting for any job. You know, I want, I, for better and for worse, if I don't deeply care about something's uh, purpose and intention, I think I'm just not the best person for that job. And I feel very okay with that. Um, Yeah, and I, you know, I've been shooting Mrs. Maisel and, I also did a lot of comedy when I was younger and um, and still do, obviously, a lot of comedy. And so I think that I'm just going to continue balancing the two worlds of theater and also TV and film. Um, that also was like a crazy alignment thing. We were in – I wasn't even auditioning because we were in tech – and um, for off Broadway or in New Jersey uh, for Broadway for Broadway okay. we were in tech at the Lyceum and I got this appointment for Mrs. Maisel and I was like I don't even have the brain space to think about this right now but I know I like looked at the sides and I was like I know I could totally do this and so I you know self taped in my dressing room we sent it in and then I ended up having like a whole like studio session blah 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 lights and hair and makeup and things like that but this a was a screen all, test almost a screen yeah, yeah it was like a screen test um at the at the stages and this was literally during tech and previews wow. I cannot like my tank was just already filled to the top and like spilling waters from the side and I think that helped me in some ways because I had my investment was just like okay this is what I'm going to bring to the table and either I'm going to book this job or I'm not and they were so kind they've been able to work with my show schedule and all that so So, have you been shooting for the last few months uh, at the same time as doing Be More Chill I have yeah Yeah. Can you give us, like, are you allowed to say anything about the part that you play? I can't say anything. I'm so 
cool, like intensely tight-lipped, and they are very adamant about that. But I'm really excited for her to be out in the world. And I'm excited to get to talk about that role because it's been really special. Wow. Also. Did you have like crazy money jobs that you had to do before your commercial success? Are there what kinds of jobs did you do yeah. to pay the bills? So I worked at Pinkberry when I first moved to New York. Whoa. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, I worked at Pinkberry and then I worked at, you know, all sorts of cafes and a really high end bar in the West Village. Like it was a high end sports bar in the West Village. Can you Village. mix drinks? Um, I was a like a, a cocktail waitress, but um, it was crazy. Like people would just hand me like a hundred dollars. I was crazy. It was a really intense time. Um, and then I wait, hand you a hundred dollars like as a tip. Um, so it was really helpful. Broadway does not have that. Broadway does not do that. <laughs> um, that was really, uh, you know, I was, yeah, I was just doing the thing, you know. And then I um, went to Williamstown. And then when I came back, I was like, I have to. And I was doing a lot of teaching artist work. And I came back from Williamstown and I gave myself a month to find a new job because I was like, I need to be doing something that is contributing to the world. And even though that was racking up a good amount of money. I just was so soul sucking. And so I started working in a wood shop um, in Red Hook. I was doing carpentry work for this artist who, um, his name is Richard Upchurch, and he builds these like high end uh, wooden toy instruments, basically. And um, I was his first employee. I like saw his listing on like an NYU alumni listserv because he was working um, in the business school at the time. And I was like, I worked on a farm. I have worked with wood before, but never in like a design way. But I learned really quickly. And so, yeah, I became his first employee. And I worked in, a, in that wood shop for really like two years, maybe. And it was amazing because we collaborated with collaborated with different musicians and it was enough flexibility that it gave me time to audition. And the thing that really helped me transition into becoming a full-time actor was doing commercials. Um, and Do you still go on commercial auditions? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I have also been really lucky in that the commercial spots I've worked for have been a lot of film directors direct for commercials. And, um, yeah, I have a crazy story about that one, too. But um, it's been... It's been great. It's like, you know, I was so scared of commercial work, not even just commercials, but commercial theater, commercial film, because I was so scared of selling out. And I've been lucky in that all the people who are very successful in a very uh, much more uh, marketable environment are all really good, smart people. And it doesn't always have to be like the bad guy, you know? Right, right. There's a world in which the art can be the priority and be put first and still yet be very and have marketable. A paycheck attached and, to it. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool. I mean, that's the thing I've really come to love about Broadway is that the access is just much greater in terms of people portion. In terms of like ticketing, that's another can of worms. Cool. But if you can make something, you know, that is from the right place in your artistry and your heart, and then people from all over the world can come see it. That has great ripple effects, you know. Um, there are, yeah. Well, I think, you know, everyone who has had the great fortune of 
knowing them as people or working with them, the it's called Iconis and Family. Yeah. And I do feel like there is just an incredibly generous, community-minded, familial uh, desire for family, not just that work is a workplace, but that it's about a community yeah. and that the community includes the audience yeah. and the fans of the thing. Um, it's really sort of a new template yeah. for how uh, how plays are made and yeah. how productions are put together. And, you know, I, I think it's no secret, like, to have a producer in Jen Tepper or or a lyricist and, and a composer like Joe Iconis be as out there and engaged with the audience yeah. as as the cast. Like, this is just a whole new thing. Yeah. Um, and I think the amount of engagement that you guys so generously, not just being in the show, doing stage door when you can, being available through social media. You know, the job has expanded into all these other areas yeah. as, as technology expands and, and as word of your show yeah. got out there. And, you know, I think for Sam and I to be in your presence today, it's like the word artist gets thrown around a lot. Mm. But Stephanie, your integrity and your heart and your mindfulness and your generosity and the way in which you approach this character and the work always um, is just an astonishing thing to be in the presence of. Thank and you so much. Thank not you. Not just the privilege of getting to see your work, but the privilege of getting to know you as a person. Thank you. Knowing you're out there in the world just makes me feel so much better. Thank you. I think it makes. I mean, all I'm ready us. to give you a level ten. Cool. <laughs> you're the coolest person alive. Oh, level ten. Thank you. The woodworking. <laughs> Send me. I, woodworking, I'm like forever now enamored with Stephanie. I already was plenty. We're like, and that what can she do? That so sent me. we ask a lot of people to finish the sentence, and it can be short or long, but it kind of goes like this. Be more chill means to me. Woo! Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> Be more chill means to me that it is possible to send your truth to the masses and that we really need each other and we are responsible for one another. Beautiful. Stephanie Shea, <laughs> thanks so much for spending time with us Thank today. Thank you. I cannot wait to watch your performance tonight. Yeah. all this extra <laughs> cool info. <laughs> um, thanks so much for spending time yeah, with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Come on, come on, go, go. Thank you for listening. Hey, you can find us on Instagram at How to Be More Chill. And one quick thing before we go could you go to Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you listen on and just take a moment to rate and review us? We would really appreciate it. And do not forget, this is Alana. This is Sam. Tell us how to be more chill. Never hung with a girl like you before. I don't know if you know it, but I am sure that for me you are an upgrade. 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 Let's be double upgrade. Oh. 
Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.